Welcome to the Sardis Fellowship Sermon Podcast. Today's message was originally preached on Sunday, April 25th by me, Pastor Rob Schaff. Today's message is entitled, Navigating COVID as Christians. Check out sardisfellowship.com for more information about our church. I was listening to a podcast recently where the guy on it made a joke. He said, the best part of this pandemic going on for over a year is that we can officially say we are living in precedented times. We've been there. We've done that last year. No longer do we need to listen to commercials that say, in these unprecedented times, buy a truck. And I think he's kind of got a point. Now, I don't want to make light of the real grief and suffering that this last year has caused. As we continue to live in a world that wrestles through a pandemic a year later, I think it's safe to say that some of the initial shock is behind us, if only because we can actually only stay in a state of shock for so long. Now that the initial shock is over, a lot of us are left asking the question, well, now what? Last week, Pastor Rod preached a message about navigating COVID as Christians. COVID has been tough across the board. Nobody's at their best right now. There's restrictions that we still have to help. We still got to figure out. There's a healthcare system that's under stress. There's broken routines. There's businesses and people that are struggling financially. Weddings without guest lists. Deathbeds without loved ones. As Christians in the middle of the chaos of COVID, there are so many complicated things that we don't know. But we do know that we have a hope that comes from outside of the circumstances that we currently find ourselves in. A hope that comes from Jesus and what he has accomplished for us through his death and his resurrection. And we as Christians should be able to give an answer if people ask about the hope that we have in Christ. Even with the COVID restrictions, we can still have conversations that point people towards Jesus that are full of hope and seasoned with salt. We are still on mission and we should still share our faith. COVID has taken away much of what we think of as normal But one normal is that this, we are still on mission for Jesus. That's one thing that is still business as usual for a Christian. And this week, I want to talk about two more Christian norms that are sort of untouched by COVID. COVID hasn't taken them away. First is this. We who believe have the Holy Spirit, and we were never meant to do this mission under our own power. The Holy Spirit empowers us to do every aspect of our life mission. The words and the deeds and the whole life transformation that adds up to our Christian witness is not something that we can fake and do on our own. It's only and it can only be done through the Holy Spirit's power at work in us. COVID hasn't changed that reality. And the second Christian norm that hasn't changed is this. Living this way is sort of a struggle for us in the best of times. We are prone to wander. Our life is a struggle between grace and pride, between dependence and independence, between obedience and selfishness, between the will of the Spirit of God and the will of the flesh of our own human fallen sinful nature. That struggle still exists. So it's normal for Christians to need the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And unfortunately, it's also normal for Christians to struggle with that. It's a struggle in the best of times, and these are hardly the best of times. Undoubtedly, the last year has made this struggle more difficult by degree, but it's still the same kind of struggle. And I want to talk about that struggle today. In the book of Galatians, Paul writes extensively about this very struggle between the flesh and the spirit. 
The Church of Galatia believed in Jesus. They embraced the gospel. They received the Holy Spirit, and they were living for Christ. And then something happened. They started to believe a lie. The lie they struggled with is what I'm going to call the circumcision lie. Now, if you don't know what circumcision is, ask your parents. And if you are a parent and you don't know what circumcision is, consult a medical professional. But whatever your parental status is, for today's purposes, it's enough to know that in Judaism, circumcision was seen as an outward sign of membership into God's people. It was something that you did to your body that said, I'm God's. And in the Old Testament, if you were Jewish and you got circumcised, it was an act that showed you belong to God. Although Jeremiah 9.25-26 says that even in the whole house of Israel is uncircumcised in their heart. And so even in the Old Testament, God's concern was never that people were simply circumcised in their body, but that their life and their desires were changed and in line with God's. Now, after Jesus came and taught and was crucified and rose from the dead, and people started believing that the church happened, and the, and the church happened, one of the very first controversies that the early church had to work through was this. When people become a follower of Jesus, do they need to convert to Judaism to be saved? Framed another way, do Galatians need to be circumcised in order to be saved? And Acts 15 tells the story of some people that were traveling around to Gentile churches and teaching just that. Unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. And when Paul and Barnabas, who were the ones planting the churches among the Gentiles, uh, the Gentiles being those who were not Jewish, when Paul and Barnabas caught wind of what these people were saying, they disagreed sharply with the teachers who were spreading this teaching, and the matter was brought to the apostles in Jerusalem. And the apostles discussed it, and then Peter states, God gave the Gentiles who believe the same Holy Spirit that we have received. He purified their hearts by faith. They are saved by the grace of our Lord Jesus, just as we are. In other words, the Holy Spirit indwelling the believer, not circumcision, is what counts as an identifier of being saved by Jesus, of true belief in Jesus. People don't need to be circumcised to show that they are saved. The Holy Spirit shows that they are saved. But the outward act of circumcision kept being an issue in churches. And this comes out clearly in the book to the Galatians. Paul wrote the letter to the Galatian church to correct this problematic issue. Now, we don't have time today to read the whole book of Galatians. If we did, if you do this week, you should really read it. I highly recommend it. Uh, Paul writes very passionately all the way through. At times, it's so clear that Paul is frustrated. And at other times, uh, he's very hopeful. And he knows that the church will get back on track with the gospel that was so clearly presented to them. But here's a lightning fast summary of what Paul wrote in that letter. Paul writes, Galatian church, you started out well. You believed in Jesus. You received the Holy Spirit. But then you started trading the gospel of grace that was clearly preached to you for a framework of works and law and circumcision saved you that's taught to you by these legalizers, these false teachers. You are starting to live like the cross of Christ is meaningless. Some of you are starting to think that you're better than others because you've been circumcised. And worse, some of you are saying that circumcision is actually what saves you. And I'm writing to bring you back on track to crucify the flesh, leave the law which cannot save, and turn back to the grace of Jesus, the only thing that can save you. 
One commentary summarizes the book into this thesis statement. Only through the grace of God received through faith in Jesus Christ can a person escape the curse of sin and of the law and live a new life, not in bondage, but in a genuine freedom of mind and spirit through the power of God. That's James Montgomery Boyce. From reading the book of Galatians, I think there are three main reasons the Galatian church was struggling with the circumcision lie. First, they were being led astray by teachers who weren't teaching the gospel. Second, they were avoiding persecution from legalizers, legalists. They were going along with the path of least resistance, even though they knew it was leading away from the truth of the gospel. And third, they were looking to boast in the law and their own accomplishments rather than in Christ. They were believing false teachers, they were avoiding persecution, and they were more interested in what they could do, what they could accomplish, than in what Jesus had already done, what he had already accomplished. That's the circumcision lie. Circumcision might seem like an undesirable hurdle to us today, but it had a strange appeal in the early church. And here's why. People were being told, get circumcised and you are in. You are saved. And if anyone doubts it, you can show them the cuts in your flesh to prove it. The dark side of that lie was, if you aren't, you're not, and it's all on you. The Galatian church struggled with this, and I think we all do to some degree as well. So I think it's important for us today to listen carefully to what Paul writes to the church in the book of Galatians. He says this, The flesh and its external actions can't save you. The law and its external sign of circumcision, it can't save you. Only Jesus can save you. And the external sign of that belief and that true faith in the grace of Jesus is the fruit of the Spirit in your life. So turn to Galatians 5, 16 to 26 and read along with me. Here we go. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is contrary to the flesh. There are, they are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. The flesh and its external actions can't save you. The law and its external sign of circumcision can't save you. Only Jesus and his grace can save you. And the external sign of that belief is the fruit of the Spirit in your life. N.T. Wright writes, The qualities Paul lists in verses 22 to 23 are not things which we could simply do without the Holy Spirit if we tried hard enough. The point of all of them is that when the Spirit is at work, they will begin to happen. New motivations will appear. Now, that's not to say that the fruit of the Spirit magically happens effortlessly in our lives. No, it takes serious effort on our part to keep in step with the, with the Holy Spirit. 
to see what the Spirit wants to produce in us, for us to think about how that change will happen in our lives, and then to align our life and our moral efforts so that the Spirit's work can be completed so that the fruit can grow. In fact, when we don't put in any effort, we tend towards works of the flesh. Sin takes control in our lives. And if we put in too much misguided effort, we tend towards work of the circumcision lie, trusting and boasting in our own efforts or in the law or in something other than in Jesus. But when our effort is invested in keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is produced within us. And N.T. Wright has a great illustration to help us understand the difference between works and fruit. In his commentary series, Paul for Everyone, he says something along the lines of this. Compare a Christmas tree decorated with lights and tinsel and ornaments. With, with, uh, compare that with a humdrum fruit tree in an orchard. The Christmas tree looks pretty awesome. It looks wonderful for a short while, but eventually it's packed away, packed up, or thrown out. And fruit trees don't look so flashy, but if they're properly cared for, they will bear fruit year after year after year after year after year. Now, which is more important? The fruit of the Spirit being produced in your life is less like decorating a Christmas tree and more like fruit coming in on an orchard tree. To take it one step further, we don't want the fruit of the Spirit in our life to be mere decorations. We want them to be truly a part of who we are becoming. It is very possible to take the list of fruit of the Spirit and turn it into a legalistic checklist that results in our lives being nothing more than a Christmas tree chopped off at the roots and dying, but dressed up with right-looking decorations, nicely polished, soon to be thrown away. Counterfeit love, counterfeit joy, counterfeit peace, counterfeit patience, counterfeit kindness, counterfeit goodness, counterfeit faithfulness, counterfeit gentleness, counterfeit self-control, all accounted for, polished and shiny, but fake and lifeless and counterfeit. And someday, when you really need to be legitimately producing love or joy or peace, and you're counting on it, you will collapse in on the counterfeit fruit that you've been polishing. Don't polish the decorations on a dying Christmas tree. Instead, cultivate the tree in the orchard and let the Holy Spirit produce his fruit in you. Paul looked and saw in the Galatian church, not the fruit of the spirit, but the works of the flesh and the works of the law. And his primary concern was who they would become if they continued to embrace that false gospel. They'd become counterfeits. They needed a firm reminder, embrace the true grace gospel of Jesus, work at keeping in step with the Holy Spirit and the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control being produced in your life is the actual, the only external sign that matters. Paul ends the book of Galatians by saying, neither circumcision or uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, believers are being made into something new as they obey Jesus and keep in step with the leading of the Holy Spirit. I don't think the contemporary church struggles much with the specific issue of circumcision, but we all maybe still struggle with being led astray by false teachers, and we all choose convenience over gospel truth. We all still boast in ourselves rather than Christ. We still search for an easy way to tell who's in, who's out. We still work at maintaining systems of legalism that empower us to be awesome at the expense of others and being better than other people. Or maybe we buy into the mentality that whatever happens naturally without effort is what God actually wants for us, and we're confusing God's will for us with the works of the flesh we all too easily lose step with the Spirit and convince ourselves that we're actually on the right track.
And sometimes we confuse the Christmas tree decorations with the real fruit. All of that is our normal struggle. We need the Holy Spirit to empower us to live out our mission, and we need to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And unfortunately, we can be pretty distracted, even in the best of times. That is normal. And now add COVID into the mix, and we still have our normal kind of struggle, but it's like keeping in step with the Spirit has gotten many degrees more difficult. Why? Well, running a marathon is really difficult even for a trained athlete, but running a marathon with a leg injury, that's a whole different thing. It takes an already difficult struggle and it makes it feel insurmountable. If we struggle with normal in the best of times, how much harder is it when we aren't at our best? For many, COVID has taken the difficult race of living as a Christian, of keeping in step with the Spirit, and made it seem completely insurmountable. It feels like the church was taken away. It used to be a given that we could see each other once a week, sing, hear together, uh, sing together, hear from the word, catch up with one another, talk about the sermon, but now it takes so much effort. It feels like we aren't being poured into in the way that we need anymore. And because of this sense of, of frustration, I think there is a unique circumcision lie, a false categorization of who is really saved and who isn't, that the church in COVID is in serious danger of buying into at such a time as this. And that fake circumcision lie these days goes like this. Anyone who says they are Christian but doesn't agree with my opinion about COVID and COVID restrictions, they aren't really a Christian. If you are really saved, blank is how you would approach COVID and COVID restrictions. I don't think I need to define the specifics of what people are filling that blank in with because I think that you are likely to have experienced this firsthand either through a conversation face-to-face -face with somebody in a grocery store or maybe through the comments section on a social media post. If you were really saved, if you were really a Christian, if you're truly a believer, blank is what you would be doing about COVID and COVID restrictions. We are in danger of confusing keeping in step with the Holy Spirit with keeping in step with what I think is right. This is the very thing Paul was warning the Galatians about, so we better pay attention. If you are really saved, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control is going to be what is being produced in your life, what people will see through you, whatever you've been decided to do about COVID and COVID restrictions, because that's what a life looks like when a believer embraces the gospel and surrenders to grace and is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're thinking, if you hear what I'm saying, and you're thinking, oh, but Rob, I'm trying. I'm trying to be defined by the fruit of the Spirit, and I just can't make it happen. Well, I think it's possible that the just buckle down, force it, endure it, get through it mentality that has been, you know, applied to the rest of our COVID life has started to work its way into your faith. It's made you a lopped off Christmas tree, and you're trying to polish the shiny decorations. The Holy Spirit can work through any means to bring about new creation in you if you let him. When we come to worship together with 450 others, the Holy Spirit used that. And right now when we can't do that, do you seriously believe the Holy Spirit won't find some other way to grow you? Of course he will, if you let him. By keeping in step with the Spirit and maybe lightly holding on to our expectations. So how do you keep in step with the Spirit? Well, are you reading your Bible? 
and hearing what it has to say? Are you praying for those who persecute you? Are you loving your enemies? Are you looking out for the widow and the orphan? Are you loving your neighbor as yourself? Is everything you do during your day an act of worship to God? Are you letting go of your vanity and embracing the other? Do you care about the things that God cares about? Are you figuring out how to follow Jesus' teachings in whatever situation you find yourself in? Are you letting go of what you would prefer for church to look like and embracing what the Holy Spirit can do in your life these days? What will get us as individual believers and us as the Church of Stardust Fellowship through this pandemic isn't our ability to roll with the punches. It isn't our works, our cleverness, our talents, our ingenuity, our resources, our tenacity, our ability to overcome our leadership, our plans. What will get us through this pandemic is the Holy Spirit growing us into a new creation. The Holy Spirit is still empowering us and still leading us. Being poured into might not look like what we're used to or what we prefer or what we enjoy, but it's still necessary and it's as possible as it ever was and it's still happening. So let us keep in step with the Holy Spirit so the Holy Spirit can grow in us his fruit. If you're interested in hearing more conversation around these topics, I would seriously recommend checking out the first three episodes of our church's discipleship podcast and talking about what you hear in those conversations with somebody. On Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or on our website, you can find Stardust Fellowship Discipleship Podcast. The first three episodes are entitled COVID Questions, Opinions That Divide Us, and Listening to God, and it's on exactly what I've preached on here today. These episodes were all recorded in the last few months, so they feel pretty fresh. So we put our confidence not in the flesh, not in the circumcision, not in the lies of the false gospel that says you clearly aren't actually saved unless you agree with me. Instead, as Paul writes... Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their flesh with its passions and its desires. And since we live in spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. He also writes, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Here are some discussion questions. What do you miss the most about pre-pandemic church? How have you felt poured into by the Holy Spirit in the last year, maybe in spite of what you miss? What do you do when you find yourself face-to-face -face with you aren't saved if you don't agree with me mentality? And how is keeping in step with the Holy Spirit different than working to make the fruit happen in our own lives? Think Christmas tree versus orchard tree. Thanks for listening to the Sardis Fellowship Sermon Podcast. For more information on Sardis Fellowship, please check out sardisfellowship.com.